That's good, dude. What up, what up, what up? You done, done with the now. day? Yeah, basically. Oh, dude, work's pissing me off, man. Dude, it's a whole new job for you. It doesn't make it easy, uh, right? No, I know, but uh, they told me it was going to be, like, primarily remote and, like, only had to come in maybe once a quarter for meeting or some shit. And guess what? Guess what? Is we it full-time now? No, but we got to come in twice a week. But into the city, though, where parking is wicked expensive or, you know, I'm only 20 minutes away from the city, but in the morning with traffic, it takes, like, an hour. Yeah, see, that's just useless. Exactly, unless you're actually like you... getting, Unless you're actually getting something into going into the office like okay we have this one meeting like my day better be packed they better not have any anything loose because that sucks no they're trying to do like oh we'll do like training for an hour or two then you can just do your work i'm like no i don't want to sit here and waste my time all day like, yo that's and, and that's they, terrible and they, yeah and they don't even have their own office so they're they're like a pretty small company so what they do is they kind of do like a we work thing they'll just yep. rent out like a conference room or some shit you know yeah not conducive to my um, my highest ability to work. You got to hit him with something I'm, like that. Yeah. So what I'm doing, the smart thing right now, um, I I found so, I had some contacts for some other roles I kind of turned down after the fact after mm-hmm. I got this one. So I reached out to them and they said they had some open stuff. So I'm gonna have maybe a different job in my back pocket if they if it comes down to them saying no, you can't stay fully remote. Yeah. Say so that's not what I. Welcome, everyone, to week five of the DDL podcast. So we're running it a little late this week. We had some busy stuff going on, and I guess there's some big tests going on over there in Pittsfield for Jake Texara. So good luck out there, Tex. So I brought on the tanker himself, Josh Abers, to co-host with me this week. What's up, Josh? How's it going, resident rebuilder? Let's go. Do you, do you like the tanker? Does that work for you? I mean, whatever you guys want to call me. As long as it's not for any more than this year, we're fine. <laughs> hey, little by little. Everybody else is getting injured. So there's other teams creeping up on you in that bottom spot. So it's uh, it's kind of getting interesting to see. It's close. And Max points four. I think I'm only 30 points below Colin. He, if he <laughs> score, if I have a big week this week, he could be at the bottom of Max points four, which is not good for me. And he has his own first round pick, doesn't he? He does. He did not Uh-oh. sell that. So he held Uh-oh. out. So. All right, Colin. So Colin can make a decision, but the biggest problem with him is Mahomes. So we can talk about that a little bit further going on, but as long as you have Mahomes, it's going to be tough to get that bottom spot. We're not going to talk as much injuries today because we don't have the uh, the number one guy who can explain each ligament and what's going on with everything, but we'll, we'll brush upon that. We will talk about the week that was. Then we're going to do a little segment called What Are You Missing? So it could mean my team needing a wide receiver. It could mean Lymore's team needing the flex. But we'll just get a little bit in-depth about what we think each team needs and finish it off with week six and our power rankings. Mine are all over the place. It switches so, so, so fast. So I guess – crazy. Um, right yeah. now, those power rankings are crazy and so skewed as well. But, I mean, we can get into that later. <laughs> all right. So I'll talk about the couple injuries. The biggest one, obviously, is Juju. Juju is officially done for the year, which impact for fantasy means Deontay Johnson big has a chance to make a big step in the right direction, going up it for that number one player. And then for Claypool, Claypool as well. Yeah. Claypool should be able to make that next jump too. The only yep, thing that, that really hurts them there. is big Ben. 
Yep, that offensive line has been improving the last couple of weeks, so that's definitely helpful. I mean, it helps out. Uh, it's going to help out Najee's volume, too. He's going to be the top five running back here on out. Yeah, big big for Chris. Big hurt for Strazik. Um, That shoulder injury is going to – So what do you think that means for Strazik's team now that having Juju out um, for a while now? Uh, I mean, it just goes from bad to worse. You know, he's already missed CMC for a few games. As we all know, Strazik's been surviving with no depth. He had a good run last season, picked up Mike Davis, but it, it's starting to, you know, he's going to have to pay the piper eventually, which is it's coming down now. Potentially CMC might be out again this week. So he has no depth. He has nobody he can plug and play at this point that's going to be a reliable flex play. So he's going to have a tough time. He's already pretty far down there in points four. He's had trouble scoring points this week, this year. He's gotten – He's had some favorable matchups. He does have a winning record, but he, if he wants to stay competitive this year and if he wants to stay in that, utilize that championship window he has with the, his Kamaras and his Tyreeks and his CMCs, he's got to go by somebody. He's got to make a move for it. I think he's done because the top half of the league is too good for him to not to be able to fill out a lineup. The good thing for Strazik is last year, everybody told him, go get depth, go get depth. He held on to his future first-round picks. This year, people keep telling him to go get – um, some depth and he's still holding on so he's somebody who can go make a huge move because he has all those first round picks and or he could step back with his own first round pick and try to get one of those top running backs next year and move a hill move a digs some of his older receivers so that's going to be interesting to see in keenan so the next big injury i had was Clyde edwards hilaire um He's going to be out for a while. I think it's is it six weeks, I believe. Six weeks, I think. That's what I saw. Yeah. The best thing that happened for myself um, was two weeks ago, I picked up Darrell Williams, and that's going to save me a lot of moves. So Colin had picked him up August 24th, held him all the way to October 2nd. October 7th, I just, on a whim, picked him up, and then Clyde gets injured. So Darrell Williams is going to just slide right into my starting lineup for yep, probably great. probably the next three or four weeks because I think that they're going to be really utilizing him. Got to stay frosty on that waiver wire. That's how you make these little moves that save you down the road. Yep. And then the other big waiver wire pickup was Devonte Booker. So Chris spent $25 on Devonte Booker after Saquon went down. So Saquon, I keep hearing different things. That ankle looked ugly, but I keep hearing different things. I think it's only going to be a two, maybe three week. They might hold him out a little bit longer just because he is their focal point. But he has mispracticed this week, but looking like maybe six or seven. But Chris was able to go and pick up Devonta Booker. And I don't know if he's going to slide him into the starting lineup, maybe as an RB2 this week, because he also has Montgomery out and Carson's questionable. So we might be seeing Devonta Booker in a starting lineup this week. It's crazy how we talked about you and with Chris in the beginning of the season, how much running back depth you guys had. You guys were the talk of the town in regards to you have all the running backs hoarded. You know, nothing can go wrong in running back land for you guys. But now you guys are running into big issues. That's, I guess, the grind of having a running back in a long NFL season is, you know, these guys can drop like flies. and It's just tough. But, hey, you guys are saying heads up with those waiver wire pickups, so you're saving yourself a little bit of trouble. Yeah, i got to stay ahead of those, definitely. All right, um, those are my two big injuries. So we can get right into a little week five recap. I want to talk about the big matchup that I thought was going to end poorly. So we have Harrison Collin 
So going into the Monday night game, it looked like it was going to be tight. And starting into the Monday night game, Lamar fumbles at the goal line. This happens, this happens. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I think that Colin might be able to pull a big upset. And then Lamar went absolutely crazy. Threw for 440 yards, four touchdowns, had 60 rushing yards, two two two-point conversions. And of those touchdowns, he threw two to Andrews. Both conversions went to Andrews. They ended up putting up 86 points, just the two of them, which is wild. Absolutely insane. Huge blow up for those. Andrew needed that. He, this is a big blow up win that he needed. Did it in a big way. I mean, I, I mean, he hopes he can maintain it moving forward. It's just a real unfortunate 0-4 start. I know you guys talked a lot of the stats last week about just he had, he had such a piss poor matchup. It's just the worst luck ever. So he hopes to build on it. And, I mean, he's still got a strong team. He sold Devontae in a hell of a deal for himself. I mean, good, good win-win for both sides, but he did get a haul out of that. So, He's rebuilt up his – he's built up some younger depth thing got those picks. So, if he if he gets into it, if he thinks he can compete this year, which I definitely think he can, I think a lot of people have some inflated records, especially at the back end. Um, I think he can definitely sneak in. He just got he just got to stick with it and don't sell. Buy if you need to, if he feels comfortable. It's crazy to look at Harris's bench. He had so many points on his bench. Smith, 11. Pittman, 17. Harris, 13. Sutton, 20. Carter, 13. Williams, 10. There was a lot of guys on his bench who put up some good points, so his team is definitely on going in the right direction. And then the, on the other side, Colin's team, his guys just can't put it together in the same weeks. Robert Woods has his good week. Adrian Brown does nothing. Antonio Brown has a really good week. Allen Robinson does nothing. There's, like, there's no correlation between two guys doing well in the same week on his team, so it's rough right now for him. It's, I mean, we've seen in the last couple of years, he gets propped up by Mahomes, unfortunately. You know, no, you don't get a 40-point week out of Mahomes. It's tough to compete when you don't have any running backs, frankly. Yeah. Williams putting up seven points is about where he's supposed to be. He was only projected eight. Moss was projected nine. He got ten. So his players did about what they were supposed to. His projection was 105. He put up 104. So I think this is what you're going to see out of Colin. What's crazy is like a guy like Gaskin. Gaskin put up 26.9 points. The first four weeks combined, he only had 25.9, which is I, crazy. I think the previous week before this week, he had like two or three touches. It was absolutely crazy how the usage just flipped on its head like that. So it makes no absolutely no sense. I, I It's it's tough to trust what's going to happen in that Miami backfield. Next week, it's going to be Malcolm Brown with 20 points. So honestly, you have no idea. In Colin's situation, you might not have a choice. But in any other leagues or any other teams, if you have any options other than Dolphins running backs, use them. Yep. Oh, definitely. I'm right there with you. All right. You want to talk about the upset? Talk about Pap and Tex? I'm calling it an upset, but I don't even know if it is. I'll let you uh, start off with this one. I mean, it, it, technically it's an upset if you're talking projections. You know, he was projected for 131. Pap's projected for 109. And – uh Big issue with Tex. You had that Russell Wilson big, big injury, which was the injury I think we forgot to cover. Um, yes, we did. <laughs> so if we want to talk about that real quick, actually take it a, a quick aside. Um, he tore one ligament in his finger. Luckily, Tex isn't here to tell us what that is. It wasn't the flexor tendon. It was the other. It's called mallet finger. It makes it so your finger sticks out and you can't contract it the other way. So um, I believe he's going to be out for approximately six weeks or so, six to eight I think is what I saw. 
Um, don't quote me on that, but he's going to be done for a good majority of the fantasy season. He's got Kirk to back him up, who is actually having a pretty solid fantasy season himself. He just has no other quarterbacks behind him other than that. So that may be an issue moving forward with Tex, but that is a huge issue in this game as well. Not having, uh, not having Russ, not having Russ to throw to lock it. So that kind of hurt him, especially since it honestly in fantasy, a 20 point spread isn't that bad. So that could have been the difference maker. Definitely. The biggest difference maker is Mike Williams. Mike Williams, 8 for 16, 165, two touchdowns, played a hell of a game and really backed up some of his really bad performances. Trey Sermon, two weeks ago, gets 19 touches, gets 19 carries, 89 yards. This week he plays 3% of snaps, gets one touch for seven yards. That's it. It was back to the Elijah Mitchell show. I don't know what to do with the 49ers, and I don't think Pep does either. He really needs to figure out that running back spot because he's winning games, he's making moves, his flexes are looking good, his wide receivers are looking good. Cordero Patterson's apparently an RB1, so he really needs to figure out that other running back to he, make this push. Did you see what he said? He's an athlete one. He doesn't want to be called a running back or a wide receiver. He's an athlete. We're going back to college for him, I guess. That brings me back to the NCAA games, getting those athletes and then putting them Finding ways to make, get him the ball, which that's all they're doing with Patterson. It's awesome to see. I love how they're utilizing him. Imagine if we saw this utilization earlier in his career, what, what he could have been. Tackle for the Pats for that one year, which was – it was always terrible to see him because you just knew he was just going to fly full speed right at the line and then figure out what's going on from there. Oh, no vision. No vision. We never <laughs> said he had vision. <laughs> for um, – for Texas team, there was a lot of good running back depth that coming off his bench. He had 15 from Williams, 19 from Fournette, 14 from Jacob. He's going to have some decisions to make week in and week out with his lineup because he has so much depth, Thielen and Boyd coming off the bench. So it's going to be interesting to see for him. Yeah, and Aaron Jones is going to have A.J. Dillon start eating to those carries a little bit. You can, you've seen his snap share tick up a little bit, and he may be filling that Jamal Williams, that the dreaded Jamal Williams role that we've all, <laughs> we've all seen the last few years. So that's not good. But luckily he does have those, uh, those other pieces he can fill. Like Daryl Henderson's an excellent, excellent uh, filling for him this season with the, uh, with the Akers injury. So I, no complaints from him, I guess, on that. Mike Williams, though, what is he? Wide receiver one or two right now? dominating with one with one just dud week too it was 18 18 29 132 so you got to play him every single week and just hope those balls are coming his way like i was totally happy if you told me i was going to get a first rounder for mike williams preseason i'd be ecstatic but looking back at it did i sell him low um we'll see how this season keeps going because you know he's going to get banged up you know that's going to happen every year so we'll see but as of right now it's looking at like it one yeah. other fun stat I had was on these Jaguars wide receivers. So coming into the year, Chenault and Marvin Jones were going to be the two guys. So as you can see, Pap started Jones. And on the other side, Chenault was on Texas bench. Those two guys, Jones had six targets. Chenault only had, I believe it was three I had written down. Yeah, three and six. Jamal Agnew, who used to be a defensive player, got eight. Tavon Austin, who many people – don't remember him because he hasn't feels like he hasn't played in like two or three years, but he was an old Rams receiver, just a little like scat back type player. He had five targets. So it's just weird what's going on in Jacksonville. Never mind the coaches, but just everything going on there makes no sense. 
Yeah, it seems like Chenault's role just like all all of a sudden changed this week. It was like really strange to see that, especially like he was starting to have those up and up weeks. Um, let's see, I mean his snap share didn't change too much. It was just like they completely utilized him in a different way. So you you don't like to see that, and you hope they don't go and stick with that moving forward. All right, let's talk about pick and strays. What ends up being probably the biggest match outcome wise of the week. So I'll let you start off here. Yeah, I mean, we thought this was going to be a big, big heavyweight matchup between Pick and Mike, and Strays' team just hasn't shown up in terms of scoring points. And was he the lowest score this week? He was. I believe? Yeah, 87, lowest points scored. Kamara had a big week for him, but other than that, the rest of the lineup didn't really show up. Tyreek had a down week for him with 11 points is a pretty big down week, I guess. He lost Juju pretty early in that game. Keenan had a pretty down game, down game considering how, how he normally performs. Uh, Davis fell into the end zone once, I guess. Um, other than that, hey, just show everybody's starting to show up. Other than losing Saquon, which kind of hurts, but he had the he paid up for Devontae, and Devontae is delivering. It's a huge championship move, and he is continuing to fire. The biggest thing for him, he needs Hop Daddy to show up again and do what he did in the beginning of the season. I know he's. I believe he's nursing a knee injury, and they may, but the, also the Lions stink, so you have no idea. But. <laughs> yeah, you could be hiding that. But I had that actually written down as one of my big takeaways from this was Hawkinson, too. So Hawkinson started 25 points, 20 points, 3 points, 8 points, 4 points. It might be time to move on to Schultz. So one of the biggest pickups so far was Chris, who's under the table, grabbed Schultz. So Schultz, the last three weeks, has been the opposite of Hawkinson. If you put them together, they're probably the tight end one, but the, his last three weeks are 23, 14, and 10, and he's seeing seven and eight targets a game. So I'm thinking that Schultz might be uh, seeing a start coming up here pretty soon for Chris because he is playing a really, really good game, and that should have been somebody on a lot of people, a lot of tight end needy teams like myself. Should have been on a lot of other teams' radars. Yeah, for sure. I think I put in like a $0 bid on him. In hindsight, you're like, damn, would you put that $10 bid or whatever on him? I forget what he went for, but I don't think it was that much. I think he's a tight end four on the year right now. Crazy blow up year for Schultz. And I know a lot of people, it was the, the past couple of seasons, it's like, who is it going to be, Jarwin or Schultz? And it looks like Schultz taking over that tight end role. He's a tight end one role there. He's been a huge, huge safety net for, for Dak. And Dak's needed it for sure coming back from that, coming back from his injury. So, I mean, good good pickup from Pick. He had no tight end depth, and now the, such the the most scarce position of all fantasy football. He's got two tight end ones. Yes, so yeah, it's going to be a great spot. On the other side, we forgot to talk about George Kittle hit the IR, so he's going to be out for at least three weeks. So that's going to really, really hurt uh, Strays' team. Earliest he can come back is week nine, and with no real depth behind him, he's going to be starting guys like I think he started Conklin this week. And I think that's all he's got. That, that is all he has. So he's going to be rolling out Conklin for uh, the foreseeable future, who is an up-and-down player. You're just hoping for a touchdown like any other guy, but just another blow to Strazic's team, who, which is taking blow after blow right now. Yeah, for sure. Straz is just, I mean, it, it's got, it hits everybody eventually. The injury bug, the, and, and especially in the 18-game 18, uh, 18 season right now, teams are going to probably be precautionary. Very cautious with players. If you have an injury, anything what it is, soft tissue, they're probably going to hold you out. So they want to save you for that for that long run now. And they obviously don't know how bodies are going to react at this point. They This is the first season we've done it. So they want to – I think most teams are going to err on that side of caution. So if you have something like Kittle, he has that nagging calf, he's going in the IR. So 
That's why you get a build for depth. Interesting thing to see is within the fantasy football hub that we were talking about last week, Tex and I, the new playoff odds came out, and Strasic is now under 50%, which is very, very interesting to look at versus what we thought somebody like Harris, who only has that one win, has a 78%, and Strasic's only down to, is down right now under 50%. So it's very interesting to see going forward what he's going to do because he has some decisions to make. I think um, at the deadline, it's going to be very evident which way he's going. Very true. I mean, his points for are pretty, pretty ugly. I mean, he's bottom four in points four and max points four. He's bottom three. So not what you want to see out of a team with that much star power. All right. Let's talk about the bottom feeder matchup. So let's talk about you and the bull here. How does it feel to get your second win of the season? It feels terrible, honestly. We don't want these wins, Travis. We don't want them. <laughs> what, are you, what am I supposed to do? Get Marquise Brown out of your lineup. I bring up Marquise Brown stats every single week and tell everybody he's underrated. Go get him as your second flex. He's underrated. Go get him as your second flex. The man just produces. I just, I don't get it. He put up another nine catches, 125 yards, two touchdowns, 29 points. It's beautiful what that guy's doing. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind, honestly. He's he's 24 years old. I'm, I I know you said get him out of my lineup, but there's really no point to sell him. He's he's finally having a No, get him out of your starting out. lineup so you can start losing is what I was saying. The tank, uh, real the, tanking. We're not we're not here about real tanking. We're not we're not benching good players, all right? Put, put that Brandon Ayuk guy in there. He's supposed to be good, right? <laughs> Stop, dude. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> so Brandon Ayuk has seven catches this year. The uh, defensive player of the year, Diggs from the Cowboys, has six interceptions just for, for your awareness to make you feel better about yourself. Pain, just literal pain. I mean, we hope we we all hope. I mean, at least CIU truthers out there hope after this after this bye week, you know, and whether it's Lance, probably going to be Lance moving forward. I don't know if Garoppolo. It's honestly really tough to tell who it's going to be Garoppolo or Lance after this bye week because I know Garoppolo maybe had a chance to play this past week, but you, you saw it throughout camp at least if you followed the beat writers that him Lance and Ayuk had a solid connection but the 49ers need to change something up they're two and three and i know they're funneling into a into debo 35 percent target share great debo's having a big blow up here but they need to spread that ball out they need to use their other weapons and shanahan needs to get his head out of his ass because he thinks he's god's gift of freaking earth and shanahan stinks <laughs> tell us how you really feel so on the other <laughs> side so you had some good um ryan played well swift played well aj Dillon got that receiving touchdown higgins had his first game back, so he looked good. So up and down the board, your team looked really good. Even Waddle had six targets. Didn't really produce with them, but six targets. They'll be better when they're not coming from Brissett, who throws at 99 miles per hour on every throw. Um, on the other side, James Robinson. I want to see what Bulls does with him. That's the guy who's so... really performing for him. I know he did get receive some offers that he wasn't too keen on, so I'm interested to see what his final um, – his final resting spot is going to be for the rest of the season. I could see him going to Larimore all day. I think that's the perfect spot, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, and Robinson needs to be off that team. A perfectly fair offer, I think, when, since we know it's pending ETN next year. We all we all know it's happening, but Robinson's looking about like another RB1 this season. I think straight up, random first rounder, mid to late, 
perfectly fair. If it's a win-now move, he's a running back. I get it. He's not going to play next year. But guess what? He's putting up RB1 numbers this season, and he continued to. And he'll continue to. So, I mean, if you need that last, you know, that last bit, bit of oomph, I feel like that's it's honestly pretty cheap for an RB1, regardless if they're not going to be the start, full-time starter next season. Yeah, definitely. On the couple fun taxi squad um, scores this week. So, Khalil Herbert is now going to be the starter with Damian Williams out. Herbert actually had a higher rush share than Williams this past week, which was very, very cool to see. Um, Virginia Tech boy, so Bulls. Bulls is going to be, uh, I think, upgrading him. I think we might see the first start for uh, Herbert this week, which it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool to see the VT boy on the VT team. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, the, the Williams are injured. I think he's on the COVID list or something like that. I mean, what, where'd Herbert go? Sixth round or something like that? Yeah, it, there are some people that liked him coming out, but, you know, he fell in the draft. He's looking like he, he's looking solid. He doesn't look like a complete plotter out there. So he might put up, he might fall into the end zone once. Hey, as long as he's getting that share, nobody really cares. And then the other one was Kadarius Tony. So Kadarius Tony with another breakout week back-to-back with even less receivers available. But, hey, who cares? If you're getting those targets, you're getting those targets. Tony already has more receiving yards this one week than Allen Robinson had all year combined, which is not good. Insane stat. But <laughs> great, th- great thing for the future, if you guys want to look at it this way, he broke OBJ's rookie receiving record. I think OBJ had 185. He broke it with 189 receiving yards. Wow. That is that's awesome. Awesome for him. And I know there's a lot of Tony doubters, including myself, just because he didn't seem like he fit. But find athletic players the ball, as we saw with Patterson, as we're seeing with him, as we saw with Ruggs for a little bit there at the beginning of the season. You can't teach the stuff that they have. Find them the ball. Find interesting ways for them to run a different type of offense and just watch them flourish. You can't teach what I think Tony can do and a lot of those other players like that you said can do. They just have a nose for open space. They just have that twitch in – if you watch them, if you watch some of the tape or watch them that game, it's it's he's talented with the ball in his hands. He's pretty electric, so it's fun to watch. I'm, you know, I took a dart with him at the three oh three, I think it was, or something like that. So you you always have a couple of those third rounders who end up breaking out. You know, you would you had Gibson last year, you had Claypool last year. Um, I think you had Deontay Johnson the year before that. You always have a couple of third rounders that end up breaking out into stars. So. You gotta have one, so I'm pretty happy about. I I got I struck gold with him. I hope. Fingers crossed. Hey, so far so good. All right. Unless he punches some more people. Yeah, just don't do that at the end of the game. It's just just not smart. But hey, do what you gotta do, Florida kid. All right, let's talk about the matchup. I don't want to talk about. So we had Dark Dark places against Chubba My Hubbard, and I got absolutely smacked. So Lyra Moore put up the most points in the league. I was it was gonna be by. A lot, but then Harris put up 167. But Larimar with 175, no holes. Brady, 47. Zeke, 24. Henry still just running the world over this year. He has not had a bad week. It's Dude, crazy. You know what's crazy. He put up 31. He is leading the NFL history in touches at this point in the season. He is beating anybody, any other player ever in touches at this point in the season. Well, do you know what his just carries are? So week one was 17. That's that's about what you expect from him. 17 to 22, I'd say. Week two, 35. Wow, that's a lot. Week three, 28. Week four, 33. Week five, 29. And that's not even um, adding in catches. He had a two, a three, a six, and a three. So there were, he has a 
touch game this year, which is just you expect somebody with his age, his touches in Alabama, his touches throughout that he would start wearing down. But oh my goodness, it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, he's such a rare mold, though, that his size and speed combination and like it just it's very his build is rare. So you don't really know what to expect of it. It's not like he's like, you know, some five ten, six foot, you know, 200 pound back who's going to last till 25 or 26. He's like a different breed, you know. You got to look at that. Uh, what's that picture of the at that Alabama game? Derrick Henry standing next to Mark Ingram. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram, Heisman Trophy winner. Like, it wasn't like Mark Ingram was some bum. It just it doesn't make sense. So, yes, so, him. Metcalf with 24. Jefferson with 15. Higby with eight. He scored his touchdown. Krim Hunt with 23. Beasley with one. If you take out Beasley, it doesn't matter. He still scores 174. So, Beasley was the only part of his team that decided, it's okay, I can take a nap today, which was true. <laughs> it's, he had everybody firing, man. He had everybody firing, which, I mean, uh, you can't complain. That Kareem Hunt deal is looking pretty good for him. Um, I, I know, well, might as well, we could talk about a little bit of matchups, but I think Kareem Hunt hasn't practiced again today, so that's also not good for him. But because he's just another guy that – he needs to go get one of those other flex players. So he's – other than that, though, Justin Jefferson, man. Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf. Like, that's just a young wide receiver core that you envy. You look at that team, you're like, wow, that's like what you want in Dynasty. Uh, that's exactly what you've been trying to make for two years now is those two players. Yeah, you want, I've been trying to, you know, emulate that in my own way. We'll see if it comes to fruition, but – Helps when you get DK Metcalf for a steal in hindsight, and you get Justin Jefferson at the back end of the first because he uh, he was running the second team a few practices or something like that. Hey, he was not supposed to be good. He couldn't beat out oh, some just terrible, terrible names. You know how I can tell Larimore didn't listen to the podcast last week? How? Uh, what's this? Let so on the podcast last week, me and Tex said, you can't start Cole Beasley. Start Hunter Renfro. He's playing really well. He's playing really well. Hunter Renfro puts up another eight points. So uh, I can just tell that he's not listening to us, which uh, really hurts. Then you look at my yeah. team. Kyler underperformed again. Another game was just a low-scoring game, so it wasn't much for him to do. I'm really nervous about the shoulder injury. So for people who didn't see last year, Kyler came out of the gates just as hot as he is right now. And then he had a shoulder injury, and the rest of the season just came downhill slowly. And uh, he has the same shoulder. It's not a full injury. It's just some bumps and bruises, but something to definitely be uh, wary about on his side. Um, yeah. Nick yeah. Chubb missed yeah, another practice on. today, going down to my next player, which is scary, but he put up a good week last week. Jonathan Taylor put up a good week, and then the rest of my team just decided it's okay. We're losing by 100 anyways. Might as well just not show up. <laughs> Um, didn't Jonathan Taylor do this with like another 50% snap share or some shit like that? Like his just snap share is crazy. Let's see what it is. It's 52 this week. 52 bumped up from 51. Oh man. (laughs) So they're not winning games. They're not blowing people out. Like they had, like last year they were either handily winning some games and they're just not doing that this year. It's not like Heinz did well. Heinz had a poor week this week too, but Jonathan Taylor, had a 76-yard touchdown, and then he had his next two catches were for a total of 40 yards. So he's looking good out of the backfield. He'll just never – he won't see that consistently, though. 
Yeah, it's just such a shame. You can see what he can do with limited touches. It's just if he got like a normal running back snap share at like 70, even 65, 70%, he, I mean, a lot of people do have him. I have him as my dynasty RB1. He would be a redraft RB1 too, the RB1 as well. He just, that usage, if it corrects itself, Jonathan Taylor, he's just, he's just so talented, man. He's just so good. He's, everything you want in a running back and they just don't utilize them enough. And it's really frustrating. Different type of offense, different type of coaching. style. when you look at Derrick Henry getting 33 touches, Jonathan Taylor gets 15. So just different, different coaching styles, different coaches in general. So it's interesting to see on my side, there's not much else to talk about. Larry Moore beat me up pretty good. And he still picked the wrong quarterback. He picks the wrong quarterback every week. Brady put up 47. That was wrong. He should have picked Herbert. who put up 50. Stupid to say out loud. Superflex Larry himself. So, yeah, I got another text uh, this week from another individual in the league asking, we need to add, he said, we need to either add a third flex or we need to add a super flex. He said, these point totals are just so much lower than they've been in years past. And I agreed with him. I definitely agreed with him. But I would love that third flex. But we're going to have some fun next year is all I have to say. So, if you want to have a quick discussion about that, super flex makes – absolutely no sense for a league in our current state in my opinion you know we're we've been a one qb league for five years and super flex completely changes the dynamic of every little thing you do guess what i know you guys covered it last week herbert and burrow probably would have been both top three picks in a super flex seed you want to got him at the back end of the second anyway so it just changes the dynamic of everything however a third flex i think is totally fair if we got rid of kicker you know, it's, it evens things out a lot more. You know, you're not playing star ball, which we kind of are in a 10-person in a ten person league. You know, you're relying on those stars. But, yeah, that third flex, you actually need to build for depth. And it, it, I think it balances things out a lot more appropriately. Obviously, people, you know, that's how it's going to go. People have certain positions, certain players. They're going to they're gonna desire that, you know, that super flex or whatever it is because it, it benefits them now. But, yep. It's going to be the same conversations we had with three flex. So I wanted the third flex because I had a bench. Other people did not want a third flex because they did not have a bench. People want a second quarterback because they have rostering five quarterbacks right now. Other people are not. So it's going to be something that will be fun to talk about, but we don't have to do that right now. All right, let's get into what does each team need. So this could either be what do you need to get out of it? What do you need to get into it? So I'm just going to name you a team and you can tell me, you can tell me a trade partner. You can tell me a position. You can tell me whatever you need. So I'm going to start off with a team that I'm not sure how you're going to answer. A lot of these are easy. Some of these are tough. I'm going to start off with Chris. What do you think Chris needs to do? Chris. Wow. That is a tough one. That's like the toughest one you could have picked. All right. So obviously we know Chris top bottom has a really solid lineup right now. Um, he spent most of his picks. He, he already, uh, what's up, dog? Uh, you already got the. <laughs> I'm going upstairs. You're good. Keep going. All right. You know, picks already, he already made that move that a lot of us I would have recommended before. Go get that big wide receiver one to get to push into your lineup. Right now, I think the biggest thing he needs is, you know, is to stand put, is to stay put. He doesn't need to do anything. He's got Jamar Chase on that bench. He can plug in one and one to those flex spots. So I think he should, he should wait it out, wait for him, his team to get healthy. I think he's got enough depth to survive. Carson's coming back this week. He's got Najee firing. He's going to have Saquon back in a couple weeks. I think he, his best move is to stay patient and wait for his team to get healthy and ride that Jamar Chase breakout. Ride that um, 
just he needs to make smart start decisions with that Schultz and Hawkinson. But in terms of moves, if I I'm probably not going to say this about any other team in the league, he's the one team that I think he should stay stand put. That's what that's why I gave him to you because I wasn't sure what you're going to say. My one note I had for him is just get healthy. I'm like his team is very good. It's probably is the deepest team. But like Montgomery, get healthy. Saquon, get healthy. Carson, get healthy. So that's all I that's all I had written down. So we're pretty much on the same page there. All right, awesome. Do you want me to come up yeah. with a team and yeah, start? Yeah, give, give me a team. All right, let's go with um, let's do another fun one. Let's do Colin. Colin. So easiest one on Colin is it's time. It's time to sell. So for him to get into those bottom seeds, which is where he wants to be. It's time to sell a couple pieces off. Get two first-round picks next year instead of one because those running backs, he's going to be able to have a top-four pick himself just with his team he has now. Go get a second one so you can really get that team. Move a Robert Woods. Move an Antonio Brown. Start making some moves. Um, I don't think it's smart for him to start buying guys. I think it's time to sell. Somebody like Odell this week, you're like, oh, the Browns put up 42 points. Odell must have went crazy. The Browns put up 42 points. Odell only had two catches. How sad is that? Like, there, it's his team is just the epitome of underperforming, and I don't know what to do with it. I would say sell some older guys, reset, come in next year with Judy, A.J. Brown, Patrick Mahomes, and just ready to go at some of the other positions. That's my suggestion. What do you think? So I think the thing he needs to come to the decision of, of he needs to reset, but how much of a reset does he do? Does he do the full-on strip-down rebuild completely, or does he retool and hope he compete, can compete next year? Because um, he does have those young studs still in A.J. Brown and Jerry Judy, but is he that? Is he only a couple pieces away from competing? I don't think so. I mean, he's got ticking – honestly, when it comes to this point, he's got ticking time bombs in his roster. He's got the A-Robs and the Robert Woodses and the A-B and the Antonio Browns, not the A-Js, the Antonios. <laughs> um, that, you know, they, they're getting up there in age, and it's just, you know – if Robert Woods kept on that trajectory before prior to this week, he's not worth his value goes further and further down. And you're kind of, you might see that with a Rob. So he needs to get some of these guys off his roster. He needs to obviously make smart deals that'll benefit him, but he can't, he can't get too greedy with it. He's got to make some moves and get some of these players off his roster while they have still some of that, that name value before their name gets tarnished. So yeah. Alan Robinson's the biggest one for that. I, at the beginning of the year was offering him first seconds. I was offering him anything he wanted for Alan Robinson. Um, we had a couple deals pretty close and then ended up not working out one way or another. And I don't even know. I would offer him like a second right now for Allen Robinson. It's just sad how somebody like him has fallen this far. And it's it's not just him, too. It's that offense. How They're playing super conservative with fields. They're kind of – I think they may be taking a, a look at what New England's doing and kind of toning it down with like Mac Jones keeping it keeping it easy and conservative, keeping the offense simple. And they're not really hucking the ball yet around in that, in that Chicago defense. They're, I mean, offense, they're relying on that run game and just there, you're not going to have a lot of those explosive plays that you hope you get out of a Rob. So, I mean, in my opinion, he should obviously strip down those older guys. If he wants to do a full rebuild, he could, he could get a lot of assets out of like a Mahomes or an AJ Brown. I know it's tough to sell somebody like that, but if you want to sell and really reset and get a ton of picks and hope to fill those positions for those those players your entire lineup out in your bench for the long term because somebody aj brown's had a rough start his value hasn't gone down a whole hell of a lot yet so 
he's or even with Mahomes, even though it's a one QB league, Mahomes still carries a lot of value. So if he really wants a lot of assets, he could sell one of those big pieces as well. Yep, and he can he can wait till we get closer to the deadline too, and still get that same value he wants for those two guys. Some of the other guys he has to make some decisions on earlier. All right, I'll give you the overachiever of the year, Pap. What should he be doing? Hey, I think he should be riding it. I think he should go make a move. If you're four and one, I don't. This is, you know, I know this is dynasty, but when you're in win now mode, when you have a four and one record, you can go be a buyer. You can be in that, you know, that one year window mode and go make a move. If you're gonna, obviously, he has had those favorable matchups, but guess what? He's still four and one. He still has 137 point week this week. You know, Kyle, that Kyle Pitts breakout game was big for him. Mike Williams breakout season. Devo's having that that he's the wide receiver one in that offense. And Mike Evans hasn't looked too bad either. However, those running backs are sad other than athlete Corderell Patterson. <laughs> so he needs to go at least purchase one running back in the RB2 range at the very minimum. He needs to just go buy somebody. I know, like, I think you've heard rumors he's trying to buy people and he needs to stop lowballing people. Go make a big move. Just nut up. You got your four and one. You got the assets to go do it. Just go buy somebody if you really want to compete. Or guess what? If you don't go do it, you may fall out of the playoffs. That four seed, you may be that six seed and have not have the juice to do it. And guess what? When you're in that six seed with no juice, you just wasted the whole season because you're going to end up with the worst draft pick in it. Well, it's all for nothing. Look at Texas bench right now and tell me that a perfect deal can't be made. Texas team's a little bit older. Pap's team is uh, just missing that running back. He's got Aaron Jones, Henderson, Eckler, Williams, Fournette, Jacobs. You're telling me one of those guys, one of those, like a Fournette can't be traded away. Somebody who's getting a 60% snap share, an 80% snap share, getting 15 to 20 touches a game Fournette is right now. Perfect running back too. You tell me he can't be traded right now? I just, I feel like there's a match made in heaven between those two teams and it's just... Hasn't happened yet. It's he Texas has the depth to go sell one person. Whoever he decides it to be, I completely agree. He he can go he can go get some somebody who's not super expensive like Henderson. Jacobs is a little down depressed in value right now. Go go for him. I think Bulls would be a perfect trade partner too. He's got three decent backs he could go after. He could go after Edmonds, he could go after Robinson, or maybe if you want somebody a little bit cheaper, go after James Conner. You know, he, there's options out there. It's just the longer he waits, if he runs into one of these weeks right now, and, you know, the difference is that running back, it's going to start hurting him more and more as the weeks go on. So I think he needs to make a move sooner than later. All right. I definitely agree with that. I think we're on the same page there. All right. You got a team for myself? Yes, sir. Let's go with strays. <sighs> this is this is one that just it hurts deep down because easiest way to say it is just get healthy, but I don't know if his guys are going to get healthy, so – for me, I think Strays needs to go buy a cheap tight end, go to one of these guys, buy a cheap tight end, and just ride it out. I think that he's in too weird of a spot to really sell. I don't know if he knows how to be a bona fide seller, so I think it's time for him. Go for it. Go in there. Go trade a second-round pick for a backup tight end that will pour, score more points than Tyler Conklin. You're, you're better than that, Strays. And just go for, go for it from there. He's got the McCaffrey still. He's still got Kamari. He's still got Diggs. He still has Hill. He's still one of those teams. If he makes the playoffs, you don't want to see him. Like, I I would be petrified to see that team in the playoffs, but he's going to make it there. So make a couple little moves. You still don't have to trade those first, everything that you've been holding on to, just in case you do need to get out. But 
he needs to make a decision soon. I think he's in. I think he's in the biggest limbo. I think Colin made his decision. He's out. I think Harris is going for it. I think right now he's the limbo team. Um, in my opinion, I think he needs to go slightly bigger than that. I think he needs to float that his first rounder out there, and he needs to fill out that last flex spot. Losing Juju is you know pretty big. He's you know a lot of these weeks now he's gonna he's missing uh you know McCaffrey this week. You may you know. You never know. Kamara is on a bye week. I think Kamara is on a bye week this week. What are you going to do this week? You got Mike Davis and nobody else. You know, you, you need, I think he needs to go get one, one piece. Don't, you don't have to go, you know, spend the, sell the farm for it. Just go get a decent flex play wide receiver three, wide, low end wide receiver two, spend that first rounder. Because without Juju, you, he's got no depth. I don't think he can survive without with making a small move like that. Yes, he needs he needs a tight end. Probably should go. Probably spend that second rounder on it. But he needs he's got to make some sort of move with that. Because if he stands put, he's gonna, you know, the worst place to be in, in football, dynasty football, is to be in the middle. Because if you're not gonna make a run for the championship, what's the point? You might as well be in last place. Yeah, I there's just so many teams that I I my initial diagnosis is go talk to text, go talk to text, text. If you get so many texts after this and a couple phone calls, I'm sorry because I think this is another person who should go be talking to you, but. You might want to tell everybody what your plan is, Tex, because I think week in and week out, I'm going to tell people to trade with you. Tex, we're talking you up right now. You better make some moves after this pod. All right. Next up for you, I have Le Boulier. Le Boulier. Steer into that skid, man. Keep on yep. selling. Keep on getting rid of those assets. You got, you, you know, you've already made a big move. You already kind of got some of those picks you wanted back. You got your pick back to yourself, which is huge. However, you still have too many guys on your team that can score points from where you want to be at. Your two, your team's honestly scored a lot of points this season, I think compared to like the bottom of the league. So I think you're in that like middle ground right now. So if you want to be able to get, get that pick range back up to the, you know, that, that two or three and get out, I think he's in that four spot right now. You need to sell a couple more people, especially if you don't do it now. Th- their points are going to keep getting added to your totals for the rest of the season. You need to sell J. Rob. I mean, think about selling Edmonds. You need to. I know Dax. Yeah, probably try to get Stafford or want to stack or Daff or Dak off your roster. Other than that, I mean, you could sit put. Quarterbacks are too hard to sell in my mind, so I think the number one person you said is J. Rob. Move J. Rob. Get your first. Get another first rounder for him, and keep moving from there. I think other than that, he doesn't have to make too many moves. The Edmonds, the Connor is going to be a tough one, no matter what. That's one that people are going to be just weary about. So I think James Robinson is the easiest sell on this team, and is the number one move to make. One hundred percent. He needs to get him off his roster. Be ha- take your first. Be happy. Hopefully, it's a twenty twenty two first, so you can have some of those quick picks next year, and you know, try to get that rebuild going. Because I mean, for Bulls, I think it's a little more than a retool; it might be a closer to a rebuild. So he's got to get it. He's got to get these assets off his roster while they have value. Bulls is one of the best drafters in this league. It might not look at it like it with his team right now. He makes a lot of trades, but he has made some great draft picks over the years when he does make draft picks. So if he can add some more, I think it's a good move. Because a man watches so much college ball. He's uh, he's one of my main guys to go to when asking about a player. All right. Oh, for sure. Next up, who do you got for myself? Let's give you a good old Tex. All right, Tex. It's interesting because you would think, oh, he needs to buy. I don't think he needs to buy. I think he needs to sell some of the bench and get some picks back. So right now he's looking really, really low on picks. He doesn't have a single one in 2022, a single one 
or a single first in 23. He has a full slate in 2024. I think it's time for him to just trade one of his bench players or two of his bench players, get some picks. His team is the oldest in the league or second oldest in the league when it comes to starting rosters. So he can win a championship while getting younger, I think is a great possibility for him. When you do look at age, he is the oldest team in the league, has oldest quarterback, second oldest running back. He's in a odd spot right now that it wouldn't hurt for him to sell some players off. I completely agree. He's such an old team. He's not, I mean, not, don't get me wrong. It's a great, great dynasty team, but he, that's how you stay on top. You, you compete now, but you also shut off some of that age at the same time. So he, he can make a couple moves. He's got some, you know, desirable players on that roster that I think uh, would be starters on his bench that would on his bench that would be starters and a lot of other lineups. So he could go make a move, a single move or two, and get some sort of assets for next draft. You know, he could. He needs to have some rookies in the in the back end ready to go. And I think that would be a good move for him going forward. It would keep his his window would not change. He would still be able to win championship this year, championship next year, but it will help him in more in the future. Oh, for sure. All right, I got Larimore for you. Larimore, all right, that's an easy one. Come on, Larry, man. I know you don't want to. I know you got scared by your uh, by that trade you made last year. Who'd you go after? What's his face from the Cowboys? Gallup. Gallup. And yeah, I know you got scared off spending that first on on Gallup. But guess what? That type of shit happens. Don't be scared. Just do it, buddy. Just do it. Just go get that last flex. You know, you're you don't have a ton of depth. You know, Devontae Parker has been hurt a lot of the season. I mean, you got run throw. Amon Ra, and he's not. I wouldn't rely on him on a championship roster. You just once you get to bye week season, which we're coming up on, you're not going to have a lot of plug and plays. And at the very least, you can fill out your last flex. So you need to do something about it. Go. You have. I think you have a couple picks either next year or whatever. You have some quarterbacks you can go spend. You you can go wave those those fancy Herberts and Burrows in front of some in front of somebody and. Go get to go make some sort of move that gets you. I don't care if it's a wide receiver three or two. Just go get somebody that you can put in that last spot. I agree with that. Right now he has three second round picks next year, and then full slate twenty three, full slate twenty four. I know there's some people in love with that twenty three class. Go move that twenty three first. Go get yourself a player. I think it's as easy as that. It should be an easy move for him. Yeah, no brainer. Honestly, I'm surprised he hasn't done it yet. I don't. I haven't heard. That's one person I haven't heard any murmurs out of trying to make a move. I haven't heard anything about him trying to go get somebody. So, Larry, listen to the pod. I know you got time. Let's go, buddy. So, I, he was looking at getting players, and he was looking at moving quarterbacks, and then the quarterback value was not what he thought it was. So, I think that's one of the big pushes for that two quarterback was seeing that the value was not what he wanted. I mean, that's probably what brought the murmurs of Superflex, but I mean, you got to play with the hand you're dealt. And I mean, sorry that the value's not quarterbacks or a dominant does it and won't QB 10, 10 team. It's just how it is. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. All right. We got two teams left. We have myself and Harris. I will give you myself. Cause I don't, I don't want to talk about my team anymore. It's sad. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say this in the beginning of the season. Like, you know, you had all that running back depth and you had all all those fancy players that you thought were going to hammer, be ready to go for you, you know, be that one of those top three teams. But your team's too good to not be able to compete right now. And 
I think you need to go. I know you'd like to fill out your flex spots as flex spots with wider with uh, running backs. I mean, but Jacoby Myers in that wide receiver two spot doesn't look too nice to me. So you need to go out and buy yourself a wide receiver. Go get yourself a mid range wide receiver too. Spend some of those assets. Flip one of those injured running backs, or so hopefully somebody will buy in on Miles Sanders or something like that. Flip one of those low end running backs that you got and turn one of them in a pick into a wide receiver. Yep, that's what I've been trying to do. So I've been sending, as a lot of people know, I've been sending a lot of offers out on those. Um, close on some, not close on others. So we're getting there. Biggest thing for me is Michael Thomas um, going to be back week seven. So they got the bye week this week, gives him another week to rest. He gets off the pup next week. And uh, I'm excited to see. He'll probably roll right into the starting lineup his first week back. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, see Myers there that water in that touchdownless Myers and that in that wide receiver two spot. It's tough. And it's just not scary. Just, Doesn't do it's anything. Not, you see that in lineup, you're like, eh, I'm I'm not too concerned this week, no matter yep. who you are. So so it's you have too many other good players to waste in their primes. So you you, just, you need to go do something. You need to go. You got Cook probably coming back. I think this week. You know, you gotta. He that wide receiver two spot, just that last spot, you need to sure up a little bit. Go, go make some. You you could make a splash. You got the assets. Yep. All right. Last but not least, we got Harris. So this is another one. I put him in the same realm as pick. I don't think he really has to do anything. I think he already made his move. He got rid of Adams and got so much younger. All of his other positions got more first. Got a couple young wide receivers that he really likes. I don't really know what else there is for him to do. His running backs are good, maybe a little more depth there. But for the most part, I'm going to tell him just to stay pat and watch your players play like how they're supposed to play. I think if he loses two more games and he's really in that bubble and he really he's really young throughout other than this, the only other – if you really don't think you're going to make the playoffs, got to sell D-Hop. Other yep. than that, if you're on that, if you if you start winning those games and tying together those, and you sneak in with that, whatever it is, fifth or sixth seed, or you know, you got to hold on to D Hop. He's huge. He's going to be essential to you winning. So, it, you, he's got to make that decision at some point in the next few weeks. Do I hold on to D Hop or do I really try to sell? Because D Hop's twenty nine. Once, no matter who you are, whether your name's Julio Jones or whoever it is, it, once you hit that that thirty year old threshold, your value tanks. It happens real fast. So that can lead us right into week six. So Harris week six gets to go into Labulia. We can talk about that matchup first. So battle of the one and fours. One team really wants to win. One team really wants to lose. So I think this should be pretty cut and dry on both sides. Labulia is starting both of the Cardinals running backs. He's sick of Edmonds getting all of the catches, Connor getting all the rushes. So he's going with both of those guys. He's going with his boy, Tim Patrick. This is the lineup you see from LaBouillier week in and week out. Uh, what do you think of this matchup? Yeah, I'm not not that exciting, honestly. You know, you hope hope Harris can start stringing these together. You know, Bulls wants to lose. Not a lot of firepower right now on Bulls' side without Cook anymore. You got only thing for Andrews. You got to hope that Mixon's good to go uh, coming off the injury. I know his snap share was limited last week. Um other than that, nothing to really write home about. Other, You want Andrews to have another blow-up week. But I think, you know, Bulls can always surprise you. His team, no matter – even without Cook, it could be – it could sneakily put up points. You know, you could have Edmonds and, Edmonds and Connor fall into the end zone for all you know. But I think Harris should be fine. Awesome. 
Yeah, I'm in the same agreement. The only thing that scares me about Harris's team is those running backs both being questionable, and they will be questionable the rest of the year, which is scary. Scary place to be. Yeah. All right. Next up, I want to do. I think the biggest, the biggest matchup of the week. You got Larimore and Strazik. So this is a week that Strazik can't go to three and three. His team's too good, but he's going against the team that's just so hot right now. The last, what's the last three weeks? Larimore would have beat the majority of the league, so he is just on fire right now, which is awesome to see from his team. While Strazik's on the opposite way, he's going down. Larimore's coming up, so it's it's gonna be a gonna be a battle. Yeah, Strays needs this one bad. Once he hits that three and three mark, I feel like it could be a continued downward spiral for him. Uh, I'm not concerned for much on Larry's end. I mean. He's got a few people that are questionable. I think Jefferson's been held out of practice this whole week, but he's still expected to play. Uh, I think the biggest thing that we're not thinking about, though, with Larry is how is no Russ going to affect DK? Also, how is it going to affect Lockett? So, uh, as everybody knows, Russ is probably the best, the prettiest deep ball in the entire NFL. So, how does that affect someone like DK? Does that we all we already know it caps the ceiling, but by how much? Yeah, he's going to come down. I think Lockett's going to see a bigger impact than Metcalf. I think Metcalf's going to see more of the middle of the field. He'll see, still see plenty of targets, as we saw at the end of that game with Geno. Geno was looking right at him. I think we're going to see a much bigger effect to Lockett. Yeah, and I think Hunt missed practice this week too already. I think he's already missed two practices, so that's something to monitor for Alex because. He's kind of like in the situation that Strays is in, you know, he just hasn't gone through those injuries yet. Once, if you know, you have one of those players on Laramore's side who gets held out, he doesn't really have anybody to plug and play. So he's kind of tiptoeing that fine line of, I hope nobody gets hurt. And if Cream's held out this week, there's not a lot he can do to plug and play. That's big for Strays. But on Strays' end, I think CMC missed practice again, too. So I was going to say, McCaffrey's a game-time decision, I'm pretty sure, which is scary because if you look at Strays' bench right now, he has his highest projection is .56 for running back position. Um, so there's really nothing he can do. If he loses McCaffrey, he loses the week. If McCaffrey's playing, he can win the week. But with no, no McCaffrey and a zero from one of his running backs, and then he has Jarek McKinnon and Nicole Hardman, the yeah. fifth and sixth targets for Kansas City. He's looking at a uh, rough roster this week. Real rough, yeah. Not having potentially not having Hill. That hurts. That hurts a lot. So he's gonna. He could potentially really struggle, and you know, have to have to make some big decisions moving forward. But you know, healthily, these two teams are two of the scariest starting lineups. So you're really seeing the effects of that season already. Yeah, definitely on one side. All right, next up, I got Pick and Colin. So, interesting fact about Colin's team. When we look at the median, so we've been talking about that a lot this year, facing a second matchup against the median. So far, Colin is the only team that would not have a win against the median. So, he's 2-7, and 2-7, and 0-9, oh 1-8, and, and 3-6. and six. So, he is the only team that would not have that win against the median. So, Chris gets statistically the easiest opponent this week, which is awesome for him looking to move up to that four and two place. This is the type of matchup pick needs. Not having Saquon this week, um, Carson's probably going to be limited. Um, he needs a he needs a matchup like this to keep keep moving on. He, if he's going up against a higher tier team, I think he'd be sweating a little bit. But barring a 50-point game from Mahomes, I think pick's good. Najee is going to get his this week. Allen's I think Allen's going to put up points on Tennessee this week. So I, I have no concerns whatsoever for pick. 
Yeah, on Colin's side, he's hoping that the two Browns go crazy. He just he, – he knows he's not going to get much from the running backs, and I think Williams might not even play this week, which is – could hurt him even more. But from those wide receivers, Woods, if he can put up that top week we saw last week, if we can see Antonio put up, like he needs all of his players to play in the same week. If not, Chris should get this pretty easily. Yep, exactly. Not concerned. Other, He's got blow-up potential players, but until, you know, you see A.J. Brown write that chip – who knows, you know, you've already seen a couple games with Antonio Brown that Brady just hasn't looked his way because of how many weapons they have. It's just, it's not, it's, you don't have that possibility for Williams to fall in this end zone either, potentially this week either. So it's just tough for Colin. He needs to make some decisions about selling real soon, like we talked about. Yep. Um, next matchup up, I have yourself in Pat. So if you see the number one overall pick, Playing against a team who's four and one, you project. You're you're assuming the projections are by like thirty points, twenty five points. You're projected to win by seven right now. Yeah, I mean, I did get lucky. I think his whole team's on a bye this week, but you know, I it's just one of those other wins I don't want to get. I don't want. I didn't want to be potentially three and three at this point in the season. That's for sure. Um, he's just. This is another. You know, effect of. Path having no running back. So luckily he's got um he's got a lot of his best players on a bye this week. So he gets that out of the way. I guess that's one way you can look at it. You get all that's a sound strategy if it's redraft, get all your players on the same bye and just throw a game so you don't have to worry about the rest of the season. But I mean throughout I mean I'm starting fields this week. I have two is coming back off injury and I don't know what I'm gonna get out of fields, honestly. He's kind of just like a dart throw. He's got Jalen Hurts in there who's like Solid, solid QB one playing tonight. Although it's against that stout Tampa Bay defense, who has no secondary, so yeah, the secondary be, really helps there. So that that could be hit or miss. Honestly, I think Hertz is going to be what you expect him to be twenty twenty four points, and then around his projection, nothing too crazy. He's got no running back, so nothing to really talk about there. I mean, I got DeAndre Swift who. No Jamal Williams. Swift's snap share has been slowly ticking up the whole season. I think last week he was at like around 70, 74% or so. So um, no concerns with Swift. And then Dylan slowly eating away at snap share. I mean, I feel like my team could pretend. I'm honestly, I could, I could see the projections going the way they are and myself sneaking out a win if it all goes planned, which I don't want to happen. So. Yeah, we might we might see an upset here. I just think, like we were saying, it's going to be tough for Pap with two running backs who Tyson Williams got 19% of snaps last week. That's nothing. Marlon Mack got 14%. So it's just not not enough points from there going against DeAndre Swift, who might have be himself in the backfield. I had one fun stat about Justin Fields. So coming out of college, everybody's like, yeah, he's going to run the ball, get ready, watch this. In the last three games, so he started three games so far this year, he has less rushing yards than Tom Brady. I knew you were going to bring that stat up. <laughs> <laughs> One crazy stat I saw, and I was like, what? So Brady had like a 13-yard rush last week, I think a nine-run. So it's not on that many rushes, but Fields isn't being as dynamic as he can. It's uh, hurting to see. Yeah, and, and when he did run that last week, he got beat up too. He hyperextended his knee, and he, I think he got a uh, stinger as well, so – even when he does get out of the backfield, he he's getting beat up already, which is not what you want to see out of a running back, out of a quarterback. You expect to be a dual threat guy. So, 
I think that hopefully doesn't hint to durability concerns already, but um, definitely I think the Bears do are playing it the right way right now, kind of going conservative with him because he is a little raw, as you could see in those first few games, and easing him in, giving him a, get, building up his confidence because that cliche everybody always loves to throw around you, you know, the biggest way to defeat a quarterback is to kill their confidence, so. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it, he's getting close to that point. Jalen Hurts on the other side. You know, Pap and Larimore have too many quarterbacks, so you know Rodgers is going to put up more than Hurts. And if he does switch it, you know that Hurts is going to put up more than Rodgers. So good luck on your side, Pap. Yep, have fun. Have fun playing that roulette. All right, last matchup of the week, we have myself and Tex. So this is the battle of three and two. I need to make a move. Tex needs to make some moves. We both need to make moves, so we both need to see where we are after this week. Three and two on three and two. He doesn't have his quarterback in his lineup yet, so it's going to end up being like a 127 to 122, so pretty tight. It's really going to come down to is Dalvin healthy and is Aaron Jones healthy. If one of those guys is out, I think the other person wins. If they're both healthy, it's going to be a juggernaut match. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna. I think this will be just like the projection show. It's going to be tight. Kyler needs to be okay. He needs to do what he did, sling the ball around, but you don't know how they're going to play it. Are they going to change the game plan because his throwing shoulders beat up a little bit? Are they going to lean on that on that running game? Are they going to not try to huck it 50 yards downfield? Like it, it could change a lot, and you honestly don't know what to expect. I think, like you said, a key is having Dalvin playing at 100% right now for you. So to be able to hope Aaron Jones doesn't have an Aaron Jones blow-up week, you hope that DJ Moore does it does what he's been doing. And he, it's just – I think the biggest thing that Tex needs to hope is that Lockett is – at least hits his projections. It's tough to tell right now with no Russ, but – I think that at the very least you're going to have Lockett put put up like that, you know, that 10, 12, 14 range, which honestly you, you rely on Lockett for those. Uh, if I can't occasional 30 point weeks that you, that you get every once in a while, which I don't think you're going to get anymore. Yeah. Not, not with how it's looking right now, which is going to hurt him. Um, he's still going to throw that deep ball. So hopefully Gino can hit him with one of them, but we'll see how that looks going forward. When they put Gino Smith into that game the other night, I was like, I forgot he existed. I'm like, Geno Smith. He oh was throwing God. the ball around, too. He was looking pretty good. Yeah, he didn't look bad until that pick at the end. But, I mean, Geno Smith, I'm like, what is like, what is this, 2010? I, like, <laughs> I forgot. Like, these guys that, you know, you see, like, they're, they get drafted high and they're, they're starters for a couple years and they fall off into oblivion. You don't remember what happens to them. Like, oh, they're the backup of the Seahawks now. Making money is all Geno Smith's been doing, which <laughs> works for him. Hell yeah. All right. I think that's going to be the end. Do you want to do a little uh, little power rankings? Do you have anything written down? If not, we can cut it here. No, we can do power rankings. I'm, I'm doing ad hoc. I definitely didn't write anything down. So. All right. I'll just say 10, 9, and 8 are going to stay the same. 10 is going to be yourself for me. 9 is going to be Labulier. 8 is going to be Colin. There can be some switch in that coming forward, but I think that's where all three teams want to be, so that's usually where I put them. Okay, so at 10, I'm going to have Colin. I think Colin seems just, you know, I honestly think in the next couple of weeks I might accidentally pass him in points four at this rate, and his team's just going to keep falling further and further until he does. I mean, he can only – all he can do is sell up his points, so it's only going to make him worse. So I think I have Colin at 10. I have myself at nine and Bulls at eight. 
All right. Hey, I can respect that. Uh, I just think he has one thing that nobody else has, and it's a guy named Mahomes. So that's usually why I can't put him that low. All right. The big question is there's seven teams going for it. There's three teams not. Who do you have at number seven? It's tough, but unfortunately, I have threes there at seven. Wow. Can you explain that a little bit? That's I have him all the way at five. Crazy. Wow. Let's hear it. Yeah. I think straight, it's like he's just starting to become exposed right now. And I know he's got that star power once he's healthy, once he's put up those points again. Probably he'll bump up at the rankings right now. But just losing Juju, not being able to – he is nobody to put in his lineup right now. And with those injury issues right now with CMC, he's going to be in one week, out the next. going to be limited. You know, it's just – he is. it's going to throw so many issues into his way that he doesn't have the – he doesn't have the horses currently in his team to get get in the way of it. And I was thinking about putting Pap right here, but I think that, honestly, that Pap can put up a fight and get that six seed ahead of Strays when it comes down to it at the end of the season. Yeah, it's going to be tight when it gets down there. I just think that when you look at the running backs, you can't tell me Kamara and McCaffrey. You look at that team, and then you look at Cordell Patterson and Tyson Williams, and you think the same thing. That's why I just I just can't put Strays like that low. His starting lineup still – too good when it really comes down to it for me. Yeah, this is more of a wake-up call, wink, wink. Yeah, hey, yeah, there's a plenty of those. So I still had Pap at seven, so I'm leaving him at number seven. I just think those running backs are going to kill him going forward. He needs to make that move. I know he's trying. There's no lack of trying. There's just lack of being able to take a loss. Sometimes you have to take a loss in a trade and go for it, but I'm going to keep him at seven. You buddy. Yeah, I understand you want to win all these trades, man. And Dynasty Twitter tells you all these things, but you got to make a move eventually. Yep. So I'm going to keep him at seven as a wake up call as well. So I can see what you're saying. Um, at six, I have Harris. Yep. His team, fi- his team finally put it together. His team is, it's what it should be, finally. It took him long enough. He has all the horses, he has the players. The only thing that scares me about that team is the running backs. They're both banged up, and they're both known for being banged up. So. If they do get out, I don't think Damian Harris is – I don't think he's a viable option, so he's going to be in a weird spot. So hopefully yeah. Gibson and Mixon can stay healthy for him. I also lied. I have Pap here at six, and then I have Harris at five. So, okay. Um, yeah, Pap, you know, he's at that six seed right now. Kind of hit that horse already. Um, so he's just in that, in that in that middle ground where he needs to do something eventually and you know the way you can leave it at that so moving up i'll already talk about my five with harris you know i think he's on the up and up i think he's got some favorable this favorable matchup this week being two and four weird seeing him at zero and four just poor piss poor luck his team is too good to be at that range and as you see from your um your power rankings project and projections to make the playoffs from the uh from that tool we use, I think those are pretty pretty telling and accurate that he still has a good shot to make her on at least sneak in enough at the six seed. So I'll keep him at five for the the probably then if he keeps putting up these wins here and there, I'll keep him at five till he's above five hundred. Yeah, he's he's one of those that can move up so fast. So I think I think he has a very good team and should should do what he has to do going forward. I had Shreds like a five, which we already talked about him. I just I can't look at that starting lineup and put him anything less than that. Um at four, I have myself. I don't want to be four. I think I should be lower down than that. But I just – my running backs can carry me along. My quarterback can carry me along. My tight end, I'm just missing that wide receiver. So that's the only real difference between myself and those top teams. Yep, I got you a four as well. It's just 
your team's good. It's just losing CH hurts pretty bad. A lot of your running backs are just underperforming or just inconsistent right now. You can't string it together. It's in Luke Kyler potentially with that shoulder issue kind of hurts. Not getting those thirty point weeks out of him. It's just you got you got issues that you need to figure out where your team your players need to figure out. So until that happens, your team's solid, but you gotta say a four. All right. I'm assuming we both have the same I'm assuming we have the same three, two, one. Who do you have at three? At three? Yep. Um let's see. I got Tex. All right, I have pick. I like Texas team a lot more than other people. All right, you let me know why you have that swapped. Let's hear it. Texas team is good. Don't believe don't get me wrong. It's really good. Losing Russ hurts a little bit. I think Kirk can be a solid fill in. Other I mean, he's got that two tight end. He, I'm not this is not no knock on Texas team whatsoever. I think his team is solid. He's got depth. I just think Pick's team is really freaking good and he's got some really really nice pieces that kind of just outperform I think could outperform Texas in a given week just head-to-head for most weeks just if you extrapolate it out I think I just on paper I like it a lot I like how Najee's being utilized Cup's been huge he making that move for Adams if he didn't make that move for Adams he would not be here because Adams is going to keep putting 20 30 points up every single week and you have nothing to worry about the only issue that tech pick might have tight end, but I'm not too worried about that. You know, if he wants to start playing Schultz, he's going to get some tight end weeks. And Jamar Chase is keeping that breakout going. Honestly, Jamar Chase is kind of already a borderline wide receiver one. Yeah, he's so, awesome. He he's is doing great. really, really well. Um, I just – picks running back injuries is what's holding him back for me. Just this week, power rankings are week by week. Everybody knows that. So just holding me back right now. Um. Tex has a quarterback injury, but I think running back injuries are bigger than quarterbacks because quarterbacks are dime a dozen, like we talk about all the time. And then we both have the same number one. Congratulations, Mr. Larimore. This is your first time at number one in I think three years, but here you are, and here you are to stay. Just go get another, go get another flex. Go get one more piece because Henry's lighting the world on fire. Your quarterbacks are lighting the world on fire. Metcalf and Jefferson are putting up 20 points, 16 points every week. They're doing exactly what they need to do. You're just missing one player, and you will be the favorite by far because the rest of that lineup is solid. Exactly. Basically, don't waste it. Don't squander your great lineup because you don't want to pay for a single flex player. Just go do it, like, and you're, you're going to be good, man. Like that's all I have to say. So you may go make that purchase. We've been hitting. We've been covering that all podcast, dude. Just go buy somebody, buddy, and you're going to be fine. All right. Once again, Tex, I'm sorry. I just think everybody should go be trading with you right now. So maybe this is going to help you out. Maybe you're going to hate me because I know you have some big tests going on. But uh, once this drops, I'm sorry. So I will talk to you boys all next week. And Jabers, hopefully you lose, right? Yeah, hopefully. Hey, did you see what colors might be out for this series? Ooh, that that sounds good. I went to the Sox game, uh, that walk-off game four, and it was wild. So had a blast. I, hey, go Sox. Go Sox, man. I'm definitely going to sign myself some ALCS tickets. But that moves my colors. It's huge. Yep. Hey, that sounds nice to me. I'll give you that. Oh, oh hell yeah. All, All right, right boys. Well, thanks for having me. All right. See you next week, everybody. Yep. Adios. Later.